From the Orange County Fire Authority, this is the Pass Along Podcast, where we address firefighter issues from top to bottom, from your helmet down to your boots. Now, here's your host, OCFA's Assistant Chief of Organizational Planning, Mike Schrader. All right, welcome back to the OCFA Pass Along Podcast. Uh, This uh, is going to be our last podcast of 2017, and um, I wanted to just reflect briefly on looking back um, with all of our podcasts. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback. We certainly want to make sure that uh, it's another avenue of meaningful communication of the latest and greatest here at the OCFA to all those who are uh, part of our FIRE family and other stakeholders. So again, just wanted to say thanks for listening in. Um, and those that were kind of at the inception, uh, Sean Colgan and Kevin Hansen of Multimedia and and helping put this thing together. I uh, really just wanted to say thanks publicly to them. They didn't know I was going to do that, so uh, you can I can see them blushing now. But anyways, uh, thanks, Kevin and Sean, for uh, helping us get this, uh, this media up and running. Um, and uh, for those of you listening out there as well, thanks for tuning in. So more to follow in 2018. All right, uh, fitting way to end uh, this year in uh, what we're calling our exit interviews uh, with two outstanding chiefs among uh, several that are retiring. Uh, in the uh, in the near future, we have uh, chiefs, uh, division chiefs, um, John Abel and the battalion chief uh, Steve Pardee on the podcast today, reflecting on their careers, and it's it's pretty awesome uh, when you think of their, the to- totality of their careers and and all the great impact that they've had throughout the agency and their various assignments. So uh, here's a quick comment from Chief Party uh, talking about how some of the things have changed in his time. We always talked about our potential and, and what a great organization this could and should be. Um, and you know, over the years, I think um, seeing us get to the point that we're at where we are a premier organization and that uh, you know, we're willing to look at ourselves harshly and be our own worst critics and get better at this, um, it's been awesome. All right, so uh, we'll have back-to-back interviews with them coming up in a few minutes. But uh, before that, I just wanted to cover some news and noteworthy items. Uh, it's obviously, uh, it's been uh, in the news and uh, we've all seen it on social media and uh, emails. You've seen the morning badges out um, on badges and, and flags at half staff. Uh, it's no news to you, but uh, I just wanted to publicly acknowledge uh, Obviously, we're, we're saddened and, and troubled by the passing of Cal Fire Engineer Corey Iverson uh, as a line of duty death uh, at the Thomas Fire on December 14th, uh, last Thursday. And uh, it's just so difficult as Corey leaves behind a wife um, who's pregnant and then their two-year-old daughter as well. So our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and uh, his friends at this time of mourning. Um, safety, as you can imagine, is always paramount. Um, nobody should... Nobody should be losing their life for bushes, bunnies, or bricks, I say, you know. Uh, We have to constantly maintain our situational awareness and make sure that um, if we can honor Corey's life that we learn from this tragedy. So certainly there'll be um, after action reports that'll come back. And and for those uh, members in operations, um, we need to really look through those things and commit those those memories um, into our skill set and integrate them into our processes so that we don't put ourselves in a position where folks can get hurt. So uh, we still have folks in harm's way even today at the Thomas Fire and, and probably we'll have folks uh, on strike teams up there into Christmas and beyond. So uh, keep them in your prayers um, for their safety and for them just to be effective in helping the folks up there in Ventura and Santa Barbara counties. 
Um, back to Corey real quick. I forgot to mention there is a GoFundMe page um, that's out there. And then if you want to donate, you can do that. Obviously, that'd be appreciated by the family. And then we'll have memorial service uh, information coming out soon. All right, update um, on the independent review panel. Uh, that's something I'm intimately involved with uh, in regards to coordinating with the three independent folks on the panel to really look at Canyon 1 and Canyon 2 fires and make sure that the fire authority did everything in a way that's appropriate and consistent with our policies and agreements with other stakeholders. So um, the panel members are uh, retired LAFD uh, Chief uh, Bill Bamatri, retired Ventura County Fire Chief Bob uh, Roper, and then retired City Manager Laguna Niguel Tim Casey. So I've uh, been collaborating and sharing information with them, documents, uh, audio transcripts, uh, audio recordings, dispatch, uh, air ops policies, all types of things so that they can make a um, set of recommendations or at least uh, review what our actions were during those fires. So initially we were looking about 60 to 90 days. We might have to push out a little bit due to all the fire activity and uh, what have you. So probably I'm thinking uh, January, February and uh, we'll update you as we get more information on those as well. Lastly, don't forget that tonight is the Academy 45 graduation ceremony. We have 36 recruits that will be officially uh, joining our family and hitting the floor this Friday. We're so proud of them and uh, commend them all really on the work that they put in to get to this place. Pretty amazing uh, what a destination fire department the OCFA has become and now they're joining our ranks. Also want to do a, just a quick shout out to uh, Joe Annerlein and Chief Gomez and, and all the cadre that were participating in making this just an amazing um, experience for these academy graduates. Uh, tonight's going to be a great night, so we hope to see you guys out there. All right, that's all for news and noteworthy items. Here's uh, Fire Captain Chad Gremmel interviewing Chiefs Abel and Pardee one last time. Hi, everyone. This is Chad Gremmel. I'm going to be the host of this week's podcast, and we're going to be interviewing a few retirees. We have Chief Abel who'll be retiring and then Chief Pardee who shortly thereafter will be retiring and so we'll interview both of them this time and we're going to start off with Chief Abel. So we'll go ahead and get started. Hey, Chief Abel, can you give us your background and history in the fire service? Sure. I, uh, I started back in 1983. I was right out of high school and uh, I really just had a desire to help people. I was working at a grocery store and uh, Medic 22 came in to do their grocery shopping and I stopped, uh, actually Mike Boyle was the firefighter medic on uh, the van there. And I asked him about uh, what I could do to help people. We were having a typical kind of uh, Southern California uh, weather pattern like we're in now. And uh, he told me I should go down and uh, put an application to be a volunteer firefighter. Uh, coincidentally, I put that in my back pocket kind of and uh, was was going to college and uh, while I was at college I ran into an old friend of mine Carl Schmutz asked him what he'd been up to and he said he's a volunteer firefighter so those both those uh, kind of uh, paths crossed there and I uh, went down 24s and put an application in at, at station 24 and became a volunteer and that's kind of how it all started um, and about four years after uh, becoming a volunteer, I uh, was picked up full-time. I ended up uh, going to paramedic school, working as a paramedic, uh, and uh, going up through the ranks to the position I'm at now. Okay, you know, I remember uh, you told me a story one time about being a reserve firefighter, and there was a fire across the street from Station 24, and how you woke up in the middle of the night and helped put it out. Could you tell us more about that story? Yeah, I, uh, I wanted to be the best 
volunteer I could be. Um, I ended up getting an apartment right across the street from Station 24, so whenever that pager went off, I'd be guaranteed a spot on the engine. Uh, and it just so happened that uh, one night my pager went off and uh, woke up, was running across Marguerite Parkway to Station 24, and as I was running up the street, uh, I noticed that the fire was actually in the apartment right next to me. Um, so ended up going in and uh, just, you know, waking up some people and, and uh, helping some uh, elderly folks get out of the building. Uh, yeah, it, was a, it was one of those uh, times in your career that, you know, don't think much of it at the time. Uh, but, you know, looking back on it, it was, uh, it was a pretty cool event. I was, I was just, uh, a, you know, essentially a teenager with a pager and uh, was able to pull, pull some uh, folks out of their uh, apartment. Yeah, that's a fun story. We'll move on to the next question. As you look back on your career, are there any incidents you went on that particularly impacted you or, or what memories have affected you the most? I've uh, reflected a lot on the last uh, three and a half decades in the fire service and I just realized that the, that the experiences that I want to remember are the experiences with the people, uh, with the firefighters, with my crews. Um, and those are the, those are the, um, the memories that I'm going to always hold on to. Yeah. The people are a large part of this job. When you, uh, looking back on some incidents, I know we've talked about your deployment to Katrina. Do you have any memories of that incident or what it was like in light of the Harvey deployment this year? The things that I remember about that was the, uh, just the outstanding teamwork um, and just the honor of being a part of such an elite team. Uh, California Task Force 5 and uh, the, the work effort of everyone on that team and their dedication uh, was, uh, was just a memory that I, that I will always cherish. You know, and following with you talking about your memories are a lot of, about people and your times and experiences with them and how we're in wildland fire season still here in December. You shared with me uh, when you were a battalion chief how um, you were given um, the opportunity or task to talk to the family of Kevin Wojak, the fallen Granite Mountain firefighter. And how, how did that experience affect you? What was that like for those of, of us in OCFA who don't know you had to deliver that news to the family? I take my job pretty seriously. I always have. And I always uh, want to do it the best I can. And I take the responsibility of my position very seriously. So uh, I received a call when I was in Battalion 1 that uh, one of the Granite Mountain hotshots um, had passed away uh, that day and the Seal Beach police was uh, headed out to the family's uh, home to make the notification and they asked if I wanted to be there for that and I said absolutely. Um, I met up with the Seal Beach police officer and he was a young kid uh, and uh, talked to him a little bit about the responsibility that he had to go do that and he said he hated it and it was the worst part of his job and uh, I didn't know at the time that uh, that uh, Joe Wojek was a firefighter I just knew that a that a, a hotshot crew firefighter uh, had passed away um, and so I decided that, you know, this is a firefighter thing more than a law enforcement thing and, and uh, I told him I would handle it and uh, I, would, I would make the notification. So it's, you know, certainly isn't one of the 
uh, highlights of my career. But it's something that I took very seriously um, and that I wanted to make sure it was done right. Um, and I wanted to show respect uh, to the family. Um, and, uh, and so that's why I did it. I just went in alone. Yeah, it was a tough, it was a de definitely a tough moment um, in my career, yeah. All right, well, for another question here, you've been a reserve firefighter, a career firefighter, paramedic, fire investigator, battalion chief, captain, and now division chief. How have you enjoyed your different positions in the fire service? Well, I've enjoyed every one of my positions. They all come with their own unique challenges. Uh, when I was a paramedic, I wanted to be the absolute best paramedic in the department and uh, really pushed myself to always be better. Uh, I remember uh, a, uh, in, my, in paramedic school, one of my classmates in school from another agency said, uh, you know, why can't we just push, why can't we just get an order to push two of the red drugs and one of the blue drugs? And I was, I remember being so offended by that, uh, just because I, I, again, I thought it was our responsibility to know everything we could know about, uh, you know, the field that we were going into. Um, as a, uh, as a captain, it was probably one of my favorite times just because of the, the, uh, the time that I spent with my crew and really exercising that leadership uh, role that I had. Um, and, you know, after that, I went on to investigations, completely different world. Uh, but I think it really uh, helped complete my, uh, not just my leadership, but just my, uh, my overall um, situational awareness um, made me uh, provided the the tools for me to build a case uh, better to be more objective in uh, the way that I approach things so uh, just a every job I just I, I really enjoyed here uh, as a battalion chief I loved being a battalion chief I loved the responsibilities of that Really didn't have a lot of experience working up at uh, the West End, but uh, that's where I was assigned, and uh, it ended up being, I wouldn't have wanted anything different. I uh, really enjoyed working with the crews up there. Uh, again, unique challenges up there, especially in an area that I wasn't that familiar with, but uh, no regrets at all. And, uh, you know, closing out my career here in Division Three, this is where I've lived for the last 35 years. This is where I started. Uh, so it's just a, it's a great way to uh, kind of wrap up my career. Okay. I, uh, I think back to uh, one of my very first days as a volunteer firefighter. I was told by the other volunteers, if you really want to see what goes on here in this profession, you should ride along with the, the paid company and uh, just spend a day, uh, spend a shift with them. So I did, I took him up on that and I was, again, I was 19 years old, had really no uh, family history in the fire service, didn't really know much about it at all. Uh, so I, I came down to Station 24 and decided to ride with the paid guys. And I watched the routine and I remember being fascinated by the, uh, you know, the old timers, the, the Vietnam vets that were working there at the time and, and watching a gray haired fireman mop the station and dust and vacuum and I remember just being taking it all in uh, and but I was really just kind of fascinated by the uh, again the teamwork 
and the way uh, everyone stayed together and I was, I was drawn into it. Uh, you know, the, the crews, like they do today, went, went out and did their shopping, uh, went out and did a couple inspections, cooked their meals together, sat down and ate together. And uh, I remember the captain telling us, uh, you know, we're playing cards for dishes. And being the kid, I was like, I just want to help out, so I'll just go do the dishes and we won't have to worry about the card game. And it was instantly, you know, don't touch the dishes. Get back to the table, we're playing cards. Um, so we were playing cards and the alarm goes off and uh, it's a call. And I was so drawn into this routine that, you know, I forgot for a second that I was, you know, riding along in a fire engine. And uh, we drove up the street and uh, walked in the front door of this house and it was, uh, it was a young mother who hung herself with a dog leash uh, in front of her five-year-old son. And I remember just feeling so like naive that what I thought the fire service was, I wasn't even thinking about the real job that these guys do. Um, and I thought a lot about the, uh, the little boy, um, how he's left, how he witnessed that, uh, and got back on the fire engine and drove back to the station, and the captain right away was um, back to the card game. And it was instantly back to the card game. I think a lot about it now, and back in the time, I was thinking obviously about, you know, the tragedy of that incident. Um, but looking back on it now, I appreciate the fact that the captain understood that it's not about the card game, it's not about doing the dishes, it's about the time that we spend together as a crew. And, uh, and I think today uh, in the fire service, you want to know about like, what's changed. Um, I don't think I'm a, well, I know I'm not a big fan of the um, separate rooms for everyone, and everyone kind of just isolates themselves and they go watch. Netflix or whatever in their room and uh, you know suicide rates are higher than they've ever been in the fire service and I think it's because their uh, firefighters aren't spending enough time together um, and that cohesive group um, setting and you know that those, those card games and the time together is that's how we relieve the stress that's how we bond that's how we build up our defenses for the next call so um, that's one thing that I, I just hope that, that we don't forget is how important that time is together. My advice to new firefighters would be uh, cherish every moment of this job. Explore every part of it. Uh, don't become too complacent. Uh, I look back now of, through my old files and wish that I had better records I wish I kept a 214 of my whole career of what I'd done because now I look back and, and there's periods in there over 34 years where um, I, know, I know there were a lot of things that occurred. Um, so I'd almost recommend to a new firefighter, start journaling things uh, that you're experiencing because uh, it'd be a great log, it'd be a great record uh, of, a, of a long career. I know your wife and three children are important to you. How do you envision spending the time in your retirement? They are very important to me. They're why, they're why we, do, we all do this job is for our families. Uh, my plan is 
number one, uh, just recovery <laughs> on what the last three years have brought me here as a division chief job. There's, I don't think there's been a night in three years where I've slept through the night. Um, so uh, getting healthy again is a big part of what I'm looking forward to. Uh, relaxing a little bit, uh, playing some golf. Uh, but regarding my family, uh, my son's 19, I have another son that's 16, and my daughter's 13. So I'm really looking forward to being home with uh, my children um, and uh, being with my daughter as she goes through high school and uh, spending time with them. And certainly my wife also, she's, uh, she's working right now, but uh, looking forward to her retiring here probably in the next couple of years and uh, doing some traveling. Okay. Well, thanks very much for your time for this interview, Chief Abel. And on behalf of the organization, I'd like to thank you for your service to the citizens of Orange County and wish you a happy retirement. Thanks, Chad. Okay, now we're going to move into our interview with Battalion Chief Steve Pardee. Thanks for joining us, Chief Pardee. After 30 years in the fire service, you're going to be retiring in January. Are you ready for your exit interview? Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm glad to be able to give it for you. All right, so here's your first question. Can you give us your background and history in the fire service? Sure. Um, actually, I was a reserve firefighter in, uh, for the city of Escondido in their first class in 1986. Mm -hmm. And I uh, was fortunate enough to actually see a job announcement for the Orange County Fire Department on the chief's desk while I was vacuuming his office one day. <laughs> and uh, that led me to uh, camping out a couple nights up at Anaheim Stadium mm -hmm. uh, for an application. Uh, was fortunate enough to be successful in that process and ended up in our Academy 11 in uh, uh, September of 1987 and um, throughout my whole career I've been really fortunate to work with some great people. Uh, Chief Abel being one of the first folks I met here at the Orange County Fire Department at the time mm -hmm. and uh, had a big influence over me early on and throughout my career it's been really good. Okay. What what made you want to be a firefighter looking back on it? Is there any moment in your life that you can remember? Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know that I can tie it to any one particular moment. Uh, coming out of high school, um, I was always active. Um, I started uh, a career in the construction industry, um, and I knew that uh, that was always an opportunity that would be there. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I had family friends who were in the fire service, and they uh, really inspired me to, to look into it even further. And, and I appreciated the fact that, you know, the, the common things you hear all the time about helping others and mm -hmm. uh, really being part of a team, I think, was one of the, the most intriguing parts of it. Yeah. And that's what attracted me to it. The, the fact that every day can be different. Mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of times we fall into a routine and we see it the same all the time. Mm -hmm. But what we need to constantly remind ourselves is that you know, we need to be ready for the unexpected and that uh, we do actually get an opportunity to positively influence a lot of people mm -hmm. um, at a moment's notice. And while not every call is a big deal, uh, it is to someone. It might not always make the paper, but it always makes a difference. Mm -hmm. I think those sentiments are shared by a lot of people. The reasons they get into the career to help people and it's the excitement of never knowing what's going to happen when the bell goes off. Yeah, that, that's a tough one to duplicate and, and even consider anywhere else. Uh, one of the things that, that uh, strikes me too as I look back now is uh, the fact that we live with each other at work. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have a second family built in and it's, um, you know, you, you develop some really strong relationships with some really incredible people. Yeah. And that's been a blessing for sure. Yeah. 
Well, as you look back on your career, are there any incidents you went on that particularly impacted you or what memories affect you the most? Yeah, I think it would be hard not to, you know, have some incidents that, that stand out in your mind. I think, uh, you know, um, whether it was some of my first few calls um, as a firefighter, uh, traveling throughout the state on the back of one of our old brush rigs and mm -hmm. um, you know, experiencing that uh, when I was younger and really, really enjoyed that. Uh, to some of the larger incidents, whether it's our Santiago fire, the, the Cedar fire in San Diego left a mark for sure for me. Mm -hmm. uh, just seeing the, the devastation like what's going on currently in the state. Mm -hmm. Really, uh, again, it's challenging and, and um, any of those calls that, that really push it to your limits mm -hmm. are the ones that I enjoyed the most. Um, but then again, there were some real simple ones too. I, I'll never forget a, a call in the Laguna Hills Mall where a little girl had smashed her finger in, a, in one of the um, uh, weight sets in a gym uh, machine um, and uh, just making that connection with her to, to distract her from what she was feeling mm -hmm. uh, all the way to the hospital. I was an engineer so but somehow I had made this connection with her so I just stayed with her the whole ride in and mm -hmm. you know those small things also stand out you know for me as just an opportunity to make somebody's day a little bit better when something went wrong before we got there. Yeah that's one of the greatest parts about our job is to be able to help other people and just working with people. I mean, do you, are you going to miss the, the camaraderie of people as well? I mean, you think of the incidents, but is it also the crews that you worked on? Oh yeah. Or? You know, even I mentioned the campaign fires, um, mm -hmm. because you get that long time with folks, you know, working yeah. hard and I'm always impressed by the, the people that are willing to just continue to work until you have to tell them to stop. Yeah. And that's a work ethic that, I know a lot of industries would love to have the issues that we seem to be facing right now, mm -hmm. um, but our employment, or I should say our um, employees and this group of folks that we have here are just incredible. And we have that ability to, you know, sift through a large number of, of uh, applicants to get the best of the best, and we've mm -hmm. been fortunate enough to do that. And, you know, that is something that I think I took for granted for a lot of years, mm -hmm. that we all had that same passion, that drive. And uh, now that I look back on it, I realize what a golden opportunity that, that was to be around people like that. Yeah. And that it's not, well, we all see ourselves as average folks. I think, um, you know, for the most part, the fire service is full of some extraordinary people. And just to work around those people, it's been great. Yeah. yeah. So throughout your career, you've held many different positions. You've been a firefighter, an engineer, captain, a fire investigator, battalion chief. How have you enjoyed the different positions in the fire service that you've held? You know, I, again, reflecting back on things, I, I think that each, each job has its, obviously, its roles in the organization and the fire service in general. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I explained it to a, a group I was with on a recent strike team that, you know, when you're a firefighter, you want to be in the middle of everything and you, you know, throw caution to the wind and just go do your job and, and mm -hmm. be on the front lines 24 seven without a concern because you're there to, to do your job. Uh, then you become an engineer and you start worrying about, well, is the rig going to be okay? Uh, you know, we're running low on fuel. Hey, mm -hmm. where am I going to get water? You know, your perspective starts changing on yeah. each of those jobs. And as a captain, you're responsible for your crew and your engine, your station, your first in. And as a battalion chief, obviously, it just gets a little bit wider perspective and of responsibility. But I would have to say, uh, out of any of them, I really did 
you hear it all the time, but I really enjoyed being an engineer. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, I worked with some great crews at a great place, spent most of my time at, at Fire Station 22, mm -hmm. uh, just had the, the, the very great fortune of being around some good people, uh, and it taught me a lot. Um, you know, I think being an engineer, you have so much control over the day mm -hmm. and what will and won't happen on an incident because you have an influence of how you get folks there and how you maintain the equipment and all those other things. Mm -hmm. That carried on for the rest of my career for sure. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate those times probably the most. Okay. So how have you seen OCFA and the fire service change in your career? Well, like I said, I started out with the Orange County Fire Department. Um, we were, uh, our labor group was 1014. We were pretty mm -hmm. much um, felt like stepchildren of, of LA County. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with LA County. Uh, but, you know, we always talked about our potential and, and what a great organization this could and should be. Um, and, you know, over the years, I think um, seeing us get to the point that we're at where we are a premier organization and that. Uh, you know, we're willing to look at ourselves harshly and be our own worst critics mm -hmm. and get better at this. Um, it's been awesome. It, it really has changed a lot. Uh, you know, the equipment, when I first got hired, I, more than half the fleet were crowns that were as old as I was, if not mm -hmm. older. And they were in good shape. And that, again, it's, it's a testament to the people that were here that mm -hmm. took good care of that stuff and made it work. But now, we're on the cutting edge of so many things, you know, as, right. a, as a fire service, um, there's been a lot of positive change. You know, I, I think one of the greatest things that, that's going on now is, is our, you know, um, firefighter welfare and fitness and, and our attention to cancer prevention and, and you know, mental well-being for our, our workforce too, because mm -hmm. folks are under a tremendous amount of pressure and they're trying to do a good job. And I think uh, we all need a little help every now and then. I'm glad to see the agency finally looking at that and actually embracing it like mm -hmm. we are. Regarding the behavioral health aspect of the, the job, have you seen, do you think firefighters deal with their stress or grief differently? I think so. I think, um, for one thing, I think it's a different workforce. You know, mm -hmm. when, when I got hired, we worked for a lot of uh, Vietnam era veterans for our leadership and, mm -hmm. and they had a certain way of dealing with things and we took our cues from those folks, you know, mm -hmm. and that was just how things were done. Nowadays, everything is so immediate and in your face, everyone's got access to information um, very quickly. And I, I believe everyone's under even more stress and pressure than we've ever been, mm -hmm. you know, as a fire service and as individuals. Uh, it's tough to provide everything for your family and, and do it here too. Like I said, we got two families. Right. Uh, so yeah, the, the behavioral health aspect I think has changed just the way we deal with it. Um, the fact that we even acknowledge it now mm -hmm. uh, is tremendous. And, and uh, that, that step forward has helped a ton of folks, I'm sure. And it'll be even more so down the road because mm -hmm. it's just like everything, you know, we incrementally we get better at it the more we know about these things. And, I would look to the future of this organization as, you know, embracing that even more in the, again, a cancer prevention aspect of it. Uh, we just need to be ahead of it. That's, right. We need to get out ahead of it. Okay. So what are some of the important lessons you have learned in your career and what advice would you give to new firefighters today? Well, I think, um, you know, it, it's always one of the things that, that uh, I like to share with folks is that uh, when you, 
if you, if you think you're all that important as an individual, just take a look at the calendar mm -hmm. because the calendar's got three colors on it. And so that means two thirds of the time we're not here. Mm -hmm. So two thirds of the time, somebody else is taking care of our communities and, and our uh, stations, our vehicles and everything else. So what that does for me is it shows how unimportant I am as an individual, but how important my job and my role is here. Cause every day of that calendar has somebody at work mm -hmm. and it doesn't necessarily have to be me. The folks probably don't recognize whether it's A shift or B shift on duty, but we all need to deliver 100% service. Mm -hmm. So one of the challenges I always offered up the academies when I was a training chief was my expectation was that they would come in there and work hard enough to finish first. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't plan on doing that, I really didn't want them to show up. It's not that everybody's gonna finish first, obviously only one individual will but it's about the effort you, you put into yourself and that, uh, you know, your preparation and the things you can control, mm -hmm. acknowledging the fact that you can control a lot and then mm -hmm. actually putting the effort forth to control it. Mm -hmm. So being your own worst critic and always strive for improvement. Don't accept complacency. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a common thread that you've said earlier, is firefighters are often hard workers and special people that care about doing well in emergency incidents and treating the public well, and that's what you would ask of the, the candidates that were in your training academies. And your advice going forth is just for everybody to continue to work hard and carry that torch forward. Absolutely, you know, I'd be ready for the next challenges. I think the fire service is gonna face even more when it comes to, you know, the, the current environment, um, you know, whether it be local politics or otherwise, and mm -hmm. all the way up to terrorism that, that uh, the nation faces. That, the firefighters are the frontline first responders and need to be ready for those challenges. Yeah. Well, I know your wife and three children are important to you. How, how do you envision spending the time in your retirement? Um, you know, I, I, my family has been a huge part of this. I, I wouldn't be here without their support and, and you know, the, the ability to, to be here when I was called to be here. Uh, you know, I, I think I took that for granted for a lot of years too and then recognized it later on in my career and I hope Again, that the, the younger firefighters recognize how important it is to keep your family supported. And, um, you know, they are always there for us. And now it's my opportunity to be there for them. I'm mm -hmm. looking forward to spending a lot of hours goofing off, enjoying everything that we've worked so hard to, to get to. And, mm -hmm. you know, very fortunate to have that shot mm -hmm. at this point. I can't wait. <laughs> really looking forward to it. Nice. Well, thanks for your time for this interview. And on behalf of the organization, I'd like to thank you for your service to the citizens of Orange County and wish you a happy retirement. Thanks. Appreciate it. Outstanding. Thank you so much, Chad. And uh, thank you to Chief Pardee and to Chief Abel for your um, nearly 70 years of combined experience. Um, you are two of the most respected members of the Fire Authority. Uh, you're great leaders, great men, great friends and you are certainly going to be missed. We wish you well into your retirement, and thanks for just sharing um, just some fun memories and uh, just bits of information that we can cherish and move forward with the agency that I know you love as well. So thanks again, guys, and we wish you the best in your retirement. For the rest, uh, have a great holiday season. Uh, be safe out there. Let's watch out for each other, and we'll talk to you next year.